You're listening to Let's Talk About Fatherlessness with host Sean Tice, where we talk about leading fatherless families to the Heavenly Father. Hey, welcome back to Let's Talk About Fatherlessness. My name's Sean Tice. I'm excited to have my guest today, Dr. Tim Clinton. It's great to have you today. Hey, Sean, delighted to be with you. Thank you for having me. You are the president of the American Association of Christian Counselors, and I'm, I mean, so many other things I could list about you, but just, I'm so glad, and, and you're a Steelers fan, right? I mean, that's one of the main things. <laughs> I love the Steelers, man. I've loved them since I was a boy. Me too. Me too. I, I grew up in Altoona, Pennsylvania. You said you grew up close to here. And so just excited to be able to talk to you and and be able to talk about the issue of fatherlessness. But before we do, would you share more about yourself? Sean, I um, grew up in central Pennsylvania. My dad um, was a pastor, kind of a rural circuit riding pastor um, for a lot of years uh, up there in central PA. and. Uh, wound up feeling called to the ministry, um, packed up and left and went to Liberty University um, to try to figure out what God wanted me to do. And that began a journey. Uh, actually, my undergraduate degrees in pastoral ministries are minored in Greek. I was going to go on to Dallas Seminary and get a Ph.D., a doctor of theology degree, but wound up um, meeting with a couple of faculty members and leaders at Liberty. And they said, Tim, stay and get your master's here and we'll help prepare you. And uh, the rest is kind of history. I never got out of Liberty. Wound up going on to William and Mary, earning my doctorate over there. And uh, I've just been on a joy ride, Sean. Really uh, an amazing, fun time of just having influence in this whole world of mental health. That's so great. And you're well-respected in the area of mental health. I ha- I remember having the book, I still have the book somewhere, um, Competent Christ- Christian Counseling. And you've, you've written so many resources, so many um, different things you've done. Your, your big conference you have every year, you have the, the, the conference in Nashville, I believe, and then different, different events that you guys put on. It's just, just incredible. And I got to hear Zach Clinton, your son, speak um, at an event recently. And, and just hearing him speak and the way he presented himself, obviously, as a dad, you've done a, a great job. Um, just he, he, he hit a home run, you know, as baseball analogy for him, but he hit a home run as a speaker. And I, I just I couldn't help but think, man, you must be proud as a father. You know, um, yeah, uh, it's pure joy. Uh, I was in the room there when Zach spoke at the Fatherhood Commission event, and uh, yeah, that there's an anointing on him. The Lord has a, a special hand all over his life, and he's speaking to um, a lot of pro-athlete uh, teams and uh, other ministries around the country, and uh, he's excited about what God is calling him into, and he just loves that kind of motivational performance-based psychology. He was an athlete his whole life, growing up as a kid, played baseball at Liberty, finishing up his PhD. But as a dad, hey, we get to do a lot of fun things together too, Sean. We try to work hard and we play hard. So we we like to get out and hunt and fish and mess around a little bit. And uh, yeah, it's just been uh, really a good road. Yeah, I'm looking and I'm hoping to have him on the show at some point too. It's such a, such a bright guy and and Really enjoyed his talk that he did there and uh, excited to see what God's doing with him. Now, let's just dive into fatherlessness. I mean, we have a limited amount of time, and I want to talk to you about this. You and I had a, a Zoom call, I think, back in January of this year, and we just discussed a bunch of things. You gave me some advice and things like that. But one of the things you mentioned was you did a lot of study on fatherlessness back 
you know, back in the, when you were first starting out in counseling, would you just share some of your initial thoughts on what's going on with fatherlessness in our nation? You know, Sean, a lot of it goes back to, I had, um, I had an amazing dad, um, really the kindest man I've ever met. And, um, I'm, I'm grateful to God for, um, the dad that, um, God gave me. And I remember the day my, my dad died. Um, that was a tough day. And I remember going home and talking to, um, my children, Megan and Zach about their prophecy. And I just, I meant it from my heart. If I can be half the dad to them that he was to me, and I promised them that I would do that very thing. And Sean, early on in my career, I um, decided not to travel a lot. Um, I made a commitment that I was going to be there. I wanted to be there. I wanted to be present in their life. And so I started coaching them when they were small, um, Megan in basketball and, and, uh, Zach in uh, baseball and football and, and basketball and more. And, you know, God gave us a lot of moments together, special moments. And uh, I love sports because they're done right. They're a gift to your kids. It teaches them a lot about adversity and more. But bring all that back to fathering and you realize that um, when you have a dad, it makes all the difference in the world. When dad's not there, um, as a coach, as a young coach, uh, coaching my own son, it didn't take long for us to walk on a baseball field or on a football field or watch kids on a basketball court. And you can pretty much pick out the kids who don't have a dad. Yeah. And you start digging into the research around it. And uh, I did a lot of that. Uh, it's pretty sobering and stunning on what you find. And so um, I've tried to be a champion. Um, for dads and for fathering. Here's what I know in mental health too. If we could fix the father, uh, lessen this issue, and we've got a big problem. You know, the majority of Americans believe that fatherlessness is one of the greatest, if not the greatest social ill of our day. If we could fix that fatherlessness piece, be a lot less people coming to counseling offices and more. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yes, definitely. Now, now what are you seeing from fatherlessness? So you we we talk about the issue and let's get to the to you know some of the problems that are coming from it some of the results of it what are you seeing and with the in the mental health field um you know when zach spoke uh, not long ago down there at the chick-fil-a um event he just gave some case examples of of kids he was seeing in his clinical practice one of the things i told zach so when you um specialize and do your internship and you practicum and then you're licensure supervision, I think you should specialize in working with kids. He said, how come? I said, because I'm going to tell you what it's going to do. It's going to radically alter uh, your, 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 your understanding of this journey called life because you're going to see brokenness in kids and you will never look at adults the same way ever again because you're going to realize everybody's got a story. Everybody has some stuff in there. And uh, Sean, you know, um, I did a lot of that very same thing early on in my career, trying to work with and connect with uh, that um, younger generation and just to help them navigate the seas of broken relationships. So in the fathering world, we call it uh, father absence, but father hunger, father thirst, those kind of challenges. And uh, what pours out of a kid when that happens, it's horrible. You know that? And when, when dad 
even worse, even more is not just is is hurtful or whatever, you know, that um, neglectful or what have you to kids. And it just it puts a big hole in their heart. That's a, a brutal thing. And it shows up, you know, that all the research around mm-hmm. fathering from increased mental uh, health related issues to problems in their masculinity and femininity to drug and alcohol abuse to poor grades. Uh, you can even associate fatherlessness with teen pregnancy and kids in, in, in jail. And it's pretty sobering. No, it's more than sobering. You bet. Yeah, that's what we say with our ministry. We, we, a child's life, when they have a mom and dad, their life is in balance. It's like a scale, you know. And then, you know, when their dad or mom's gone, their life's off balance. And then we expect them to just love, live life normal, you know. We, we wonder why, why are they acting the way they are? Well, because their life's off balance. And if any of our lives are off balance, we're not going to operate normally at work and school and, and even in our family. And then we end up with these statistics of all the stuff that's happening with drug and alcohol addiction, suicide, teen pregnancies, high school dropouts, all this stuff is right. coming from it. And we're seeing the result of it. Now, what have you seen in your practice what are some things that work? Like talking to pastors and and just basic mentors, you know, maybe not necessarily people that have a degree in counseling, but they're just people that want to help. What would you say to them? How do you help the the fatherless nephew that you have in your family, or you know that that uh, boy or girl that goes to your church? What would you say to things that you've seen that worked? Mm. Uh, I've got a few um, people in my mind. Uh, one of the things I I try to to do is just validate um, their journey, their pain. You know, when dad's not there, again, big hole in the heart. Um, We look in the stands for our dad and consider his input one of the most significant factors in life. You know that? And uh, even even if he uh, hasn't been there, whatever, if he just show up, just just the mere fact of, of his presence, and that blessing factor that Gary Smalley and John Trent used to talk a lot about, just getting the blessing of your dad, what does it make a difference? So validating um, the brokenness. Uh, and you don't have to say a lot, uh, just the very fact that you uh, recognize. Um, and then you put your arm around them. Number two, I think um, encouraging them that there are people who, who actually care in their lives. And I think uh, it's a beautiful thing when you can connect them with God, let them know that though my mother and father forsake me, as the psalmist said, the Lord will deliver me up, that he's a father to the fatherless, that he puts our tears in his bottle. He sees every time we cry, ultimately, that he's a good, good father. It's hard for people who are fatherless to understand that because they don't really know what a good, good father is. And when you talk a lot about God to them, uh, being a dad or father in heaven, um, they project a lot of that brokenness um, that they've lived, um, that they experience onto God, you know that? And for them to understand, and it's going to be manifest by the way we love on and, and treat them and remind them and how they can experience the presence and power of God. And the other thing is, um, uh, I love James one twenty seven. that pure religion before the Father is to visit the widows and the orphans in their affliction, to keep ourselves unspotted from the world. I think the church needs to step up into these moments. There are amazing ministries out there. I know through our Ignite Men's Impact Weekend, uh, we've uh, we've connected with people like TJ Greeny, who has uh, mm-hmm. Kids Outdoor Zone, where they do a lot of mentoring of fatherless kids. 
I have a buddy named John Smith Baker who has a program called Fathers in the Field. John does a lot of great work, you know that. And and when you get those kinds of connections going, that's what uh, the church is all about. And then ultimately taking them in the presence of power of God in their life. What a beautiful, what a beautiful thing. Um, but it comes through connection. You know that? Yeah. That's what happened with me. I was, I was a bus kid. Uh, my dad left when I was about 10 months old bus kid. And I got connected to a church, you know, through the, through the bus ministry. Um, I had mentors that helped me. And so I, I completely agree with you uh, because there's different men that invested in my life and helped me on, on my journey. And it wasn't a lot of it wasn't a formal program. I, I I love the programs of John Smith Baker. We've had him on the show recently. We had TJ Greeny on the show. Those are great. And and programs work. They can be like that where you have a formal program and those things are wonderful. But it also can be organic too, just like my situation where you can have people just in your church that are investing in that kid that's on the pew down down from you. Um, and it's just something that you know is it's not as complicated as, as I believe Satan tries to make it out to be because he doesn't want these kids to be reached. Right. Yeah. I, I agree with you. I, I, I think if you can just get somebody to step up, show up, suit up and be a part of a kid's life. I mean, what a gift, what a blessing to think that somebody actually cares about me. You know, that um, Zach was telling the story um, and how he had worked with this one young, young man. And, in the conversation, he just, you know, he said, I was just trying to figure out who's in his life, um, who loves on him, who believes in him and stuff. And, and he asked this young kid that question. And the kid looked at him and said, Zach, I don't have anybody, mm -hmm. only you, yeah. oh, just you. And Zach said, Dad, that knocked the wind out of me because I realized it was true. And everybody believe in him. Nobody, yeah. nobody to take him out and, you know, um, teach him how to catch a fish, maybe talk to him about what it means to shave, uh, how to shave, you know that? Um, yeah. how, to, how to spend some time uh, just growing up and being a, being a boy, being a young man, and more. And so, Sean, when people do suit up and show up, it's, it's, it's a beautiful gift. And it's so important to be involved. If, you, if you're working with fatherless kids, we commend you. If you have, you have fatherless people in your life that are in your church oh my or goodness. in your yes. organization, work with them, pour into their life and help them. You can make a difference in our nation's you know number one social epidemic. Now, Tim, you work with um, pro athletes. Can you speak to anybody that, you know, or speak about any situations you've seen and even in pro situations? Because we've seen a lot of pro athletes where they just, um, they, they receive all this money and all this attention and all this, you know, fame. And, but then they, they are just live a life. They just self-destruct. Right. And so can you speak to anything about that with pro athletes and everybody's interested in that? You ever seen any situations where they were fatherless and that was the root cause of it? I'll, I'll speak to the positive side for a moment. I okay. love it when I see it. I see, when I see a dad who is uh, really connected and um, present and powerful in his son or daughter's life, Mm -hmm. uh, in athletes, uh, it's a beautiful moment. Sometimes dads start living out their own dreams and uh, desires or whatever through their kids. We all get that. But um, when they're simply there as support and um, they have that presence and power, it's, a, it's what a gift because it anchors. It anchors that athlete because you know this. I mean, adversity is going to come. That's what sports and athletics are all about. 
And the elite athletes, uh, they learn they don't really play their competition. They're, they're battling um, themselves. Um, the, the, their, their, greatest, their greatest struggle is internal. And so they've got to settle that every day. Uh, on the other side, the contrary, I've seen a lot of athletes who it seems like more athletes um, come from homes where there is a disconnect with dad. And uh, they are driven off times um, that has allowed them to perform at a certain level, but it's not going to make them a champion until they get settled inside their self, inside their own hearts. And a lot of what I do uh, up at that kind of elite sports psychology level is help them to do that uh, inner excellence work that they need to do. Mm-hmm. And it really is really, it really is anchored into relationship psychology and getting them calm and connected and wired differently um, than maybe they've been to that point. Um, and if we can get that piece settled down, because a lot of it has to do with anger toward their dad or maybe father absence or what have you. And so they uh, struggle ultimately in that connection piece uh, on being a teammate more. And um, if they can get that piece dialed in, it usually takes them to a whole nother level. I hope that's making some sense, Sean. No, that's really good. And that, that, I think that's great. Great advice. Um, now, I want to go into the area of your AACC. Now, one of the things that we, you, I think we've all seen where people, they, they've gone through trauma, they've gone through struggles growing up, and then they want to be a counselor. Um, I've had even family mm-hmm. members where they want to be a counselor because they went through stuff. But sometimes I think you have to heal first before you can help others. Have you seen that with your um, organization where you have had counselors where they're, maybe they prematurely jumped into it? Have you seen that? Is that something that? I, I think it's a common issue. Yeah, for people who enter into um, the helping professions, usually they've gone through a really tough spot. They've got some issues. And uh, so they're looking to, um, to journey in that area and they just find it fascinating. Um, and a lot of what we try to do early on in um, someone's career is to help them recognize some of this. Yeah. Um, there's also, there's also this, the, this God factor. God's been so good to me. And, and he's graced me, and I've got this giftedness that sometimes I get blinded in that. And, uh, you know, I maybe don't set boundaries well. Um, I overextend. Um, or I, I develop a Messiah complex. I think I'm the only person uh, who can help somebody. Or y- y- you, get, you get where I'm going here? Oh, yeah. And, yeah. and the more you learn that and you realize that's not necessarily strength, it's, it's a gift but it's not necessarily a strength because it can become your greatest weakness. And uh, you can bring balance and all that. And then you can really meaningfully participate in another person's life. Hey, well, we need an army of people out there right now. Yes. I mean, this whole mental health um, space is an app. It's not a crisis anymore. It's a total disaster. And uh, people are crying out for help, hope and encouragement and we're trying to, you know, to build up, like I said, um, a massive army to step into the lives of other people, especially with the hope that we have in Christ. Um, if we can give that as a gift, we can help free a lot of people and do a lot of good and maybe um, save some, some broken relationships, sleepless nights, and uh, strengthen, strengthen some people in their, in their everyday walk with Christ. What a gift. What a, what a beautiful opportunity. What a moment in culture. 
Yeah, I completely agree with you. And and what would you say to people that are still like obviously you've you've accomplished a lot, and I'm sure that that the devil has battled you over the years with all the different Christians you're working with and trying to help. What advice would you give to people that are going into this field and saying, hey, this is how to prepare yourself and protect yourself on a daily basis because the devil is going to be fighting you because you're trying to help other people. Like I said, the, the devil does not want the fatherless to be reached or people to be helped because he wants to hold them down. He wants to keep them down. He wants to keep them in their addictions and in, in their struggles. So what would you say to people that are working with them so that they can prepare themselves and be be ready every day? We could have a long conversation on that, Sean. But um, hey, uh, my dad taught me a lesson early on. Tim, uh, if you can't see them, understand what they're going through, take some time, uh, step into their real world. If you can't see them, it's thoughtful you'll be able to lead them to him. Number two, um, make sure you know what you're bringing. You can't really give what you don't have. You hear what I'm saying? And so um, if you've got a lot of brokenness in your life, yeah, maybe doing the hard work of fixing that becomes a gift that you can ultimately bring then to the moment so you can help people. And uh, um, as you also acquire understanding and skill, um, boy, oh boy, that, that too is, it's just, it's just like prepping for a football game or a baseball game. I mean, you got to do your work. You, you play like you practice, you know that? And so you've, you've got to put in the work of understanding the nuances, the uniquenesses. I always tell people when they go through graduate school, become an expert at something. Really go deep on an issue because it will radically alter then how you approach people. You won't be, you know, just quote, sharing a couple of verses and or what have you, the same verses over and over again with people. You're going to, you're going to, you're going to, jump deep into uh, what they're going through. You're going to understand the challenges and uniquenesses of those issues. You're going to be attuned to that person specifically. And then you're going to develop effective um, treatment strategies, plans to help them begin to journey well and find the freedom that ultimately they're looking for. We don't need to live in this darkness anymore. You know that? Amen. And anchor yourself in Christ. When you bring light to the darkness, it changes the entire game. That's that's so good. I love that. Um, wow, that's so powerful. And I think we all needed to hear that message. Oh, that's that's so so good. Now, uh, I want to ask you um, with fatherhood. You know, there, we, one of the questions we've received, we've spoken in over 200 churches on the issue of fatherlessness, and we get guys that come up to us and they say, "Hey, I've never had a dad. How do I be a good dad? I've never had mm -hmm. any instruction. I've never seen anybody do it. How do I be a good dad? What would you say to guys like that?" Um. Now, let's give a word to the church, first of all. The church needs to take serious this, the whole issue of fatherlessness. And uh, we, should be, um, we should be doing work around this. We should, from the pulpit to ministries of engaging men and more, understand uh, what this is all about. And um, let's create mentoring-related stuff. My people perish because of a lack of knowledge. If you're a dad out there and you, you grew up without a dad, Hey, do some reading in the area. Yeah. Um, get involved in a men's Bible study. Get a mentor or two in your life. Start doing the work you need to do. Um, read a lot around fathering. What does it mean? Mm -hmm. Here's the good news, Sean. I want to say this. Today's generations, a lot of dads are stepping up to the plate. 
Um, they're saying, not in my house. Huh? No, we're not going to do in my house what I grew up in. Not doing that. That craziness, that insanity, um, that bailing on you or whatever it was, um, being mean. Uh, no, we're not, we're not doing that. And Sean, uh, when you do that kind of work and you make a determination in your heart, what a gift to your kids. And that's the cry really out of Malachi. Uh, that prophetic piece um, that one day God would turn the hearts of the children back to the word, their fathers and the hearts of the fathers back toward their kids. And I say, you know, from the whole mental health side of things and relationships, man, if we could fix that piece, it could change everything. What are, now you speak about books. What are some good books for fathers? Well, um, I have a little book out there, take it back. Uh, it's all about reclaiming biblical masculinity and the heart and strength of being a man. And uh, what we try to do is uh, put together a piece that really challenged men that's never too late. I know men are tired of being beat down, um, uh, beat up. And uh, a lot of men don't even like going to church because it just there's not a lot there, quote, oriented toward challenging and encouraging them, you know, in their everyday walk. Uh, we need to do that. Um, John Smith Baker's new book on forgiveness, uh, yeah. you know, how to forgive our dads and more is a beautiful piece of work. I'd go back to an earlier work by, uh, that I'd mentioned early in the, in the podcast, Gary Smalley and John Trent's Peace on the Blessing was a profound book in my life. Uh, you can read something like John Eldridge's uh, Wild at Heart book. Uh, yeah, you just start looking and you're going to start coming across um, pieces that really begin to encourage the hearts and strengthen the hearts of men. Now, what about the, um, for, for counselors and for pastors and people that are working with fatherless, have you seen any books like that out there or even training that you guys offer? Well, I tell you, um, Jeff Kemp came out with a new book. Um, I, I'm just, it's on my desk. Um, I'm gonna, I promised him I'd jump into it, but, um, See if we can find that book. Maybe you can add it, Sean, to this thing. But, you know, there's not really a lot out there related to fathering. Ken Kenfield started that National Center for Fathering, mm-hmm. did a great piece of work. And you've got some writers out there like Michelle um, Watson Canfield, Ken's wife, who um, has a fatherless ministry uh, around um, dads and daughters. Meg Meeker has written a number of books uh, uh, around fathers and sons, fathers and daughters, and more. Heart of a Father. I love Meg's work. I've interviewed her many times. Uh, if you can get your hands into those kinds of works, and by the way, there's new curriculum. I think Meg's coming out with a brand new curriculum around fathering, mm. a gift to us all. You knew that. That's so good. Now, Going into, we're, we're about to wrap up, but going into the AACC, if you're a Christian counselor out there, what's some of the things that they could learn more about fatherlessness from you guys? Do you guys have any courses or anything that you offer? You know, um, we have been working through um, our Ignite Men's Impact Weekend on developing devotionals for men and fathers. And so a series of video-based content, um, we are really trying to get information out there on dads. I know, I know my son, Zach has a podcast called the built different podcast. He spends a lot of time really trying to encourage men to step up to the plate. Um, Sean, we, um, we need a lot more. We really do in this whole area. You know that I know uh, Ken Harrison from promise keepers and others. Um, they're trying to address this issue too. Um, 
God, give us guidance and wisdom. I know a lot of people, the Fatherhood Commission, a great piece that uh, um, uh, that's being done, uh, trying to bring together fathering ministries. Yeah. And uh, John, there's so much to do out there. Um, yeah. If we, yeah. I think that one we of the problems together is, as a church. Exactly. I think one of the problems is there's, and I, we've been doing our ministry for 15 years and you feel like, well, I don't want somebody to steal my thunder, but there's, this is an epidemic. I mean, there's, there's so much going on with fatherlessness in our nation that there's plenty of room for everybody out there. Right. Oh, to work there's together. so much. Yeah, Sean, there's so, there's so much room out there at the end of the day. It's like mental health. The needs are so vast, so great. We applaud and pray. Um, it's like college education. Um, when you're seeing schools pop up all over the country and uh, also some of them being threatened because there's a lot of change going on. We don't need less um, Christian institutions. We need more. Yeah. Um, we need the church to rise up for such a time as this. We need a bazillion fathering related ministries out there. Um, if we, I look at it this way, if we can just turn one dad uh, in his heart, if, he, if we can get him to show up at the game, if we can get him to see and understand the impact that he's having on his son or daughter, what a gift to that kid, what a gift to the church, ultimately. Um, that's what ministry is all about. Um, and we're praying earnestly that God really would do that very thing turn the hearts of the fathers toward their kids and the kids back to their fathers. When you look at the mental health statistics, Sean, it's not just shocking. It's unbelievable. CDC came out with a report not long ago saying that 57% of our daughters had struggled in 2021 with feelings of despair and hopelessness. And that 30% of our daughters and our granddaughters, the CDC reported this, had struggled with suicide in uh, 2021 seriously contemplating attempting suicide. Sean, that's not a problem. That's an absolute nightmare. Mm -hmm. And we don't see anybody addressing those issues. And I dare say probably a lot of it's connected to this fatherlessness issue. So God be with us. And um, we are working on a brand new issue of our Christian Counseling Today magazine, working on it right now on the whole issue of internal family systems and fathering. And just saying, listen, let's address this again. We need to. For such a time as this. What about the issue of homosexuality? I know a guy in California, he's passed away um, since, but he quoted, he was quoted as saying, I've worked with thousands of homosexuals. I've never seen a homosexual who had a loving, respectful relationship with their father. And I don't know if you ever heard, I'm sure you've heard of Dr. Joseph Nicolasi. He was on Oprah, a very well-known guy. Can you speak to that at all about the issue? I mean, homosexuality is just um, becoming so rampant nowadays and the issues of transgenderism. And, and there's, a, there's a connection there a lot of times, not all the time. I mean, I believe there's abuse. I believe there's wrong influences, but there's also this issue with their dad sometimes. Can you speak about that? Well, I think I've seen a lot of men who have struggled um, in relationships like that relationship psychology world. Uh, I do a lot in the area of attachment theory. Mm. And um, you see, a, a, when you see strong disconnects, say between same sex child parent, um, it has profound impact on them. And uh, they wind up um, searching desperately for the affection, say of their dad um, in a lot of different ways. And so, 
boy, I'll tell you what, it comes back to how do we teach men to connect well with their kids? How do we teach them to love? I remember, yeah. I remember I was doing a, a radio broadcast and I had a gentleman call me live on the air and just said, Hey, listen, I hear you talking a lot about dads. Um, I just had, just had a brand new baby, um, boy, son, and I love my, I love my son. And he mm -hmm. said, um, you know, I, I just want to hug on him and kiss on him, et cetera. Do you think there's a problem with me hugging on and kissing my boy? You get what I'm saying? You, you, yeah. you know where he was going. And I said, you want to know something? You better love on and hug that kid yeah. every day for the mm -hmm. rest of your life and let him know how much you love him. Stop this crazy toxic stuff of, quote, not connecting and not showing emotion uh, and more. That's, that's, that's foolishness. You know what kids need? They need heavy doses of love and affection. And man, you, you hope, I hope you're given the gift of being able to hug on your son when you're 80 years old too. And I hope you kiss him, kiss him on the head. You hear what I'm saying? Love on that boy. Oh yeah. Um, love on your daughters. And I know there's a lot of issues, um, but man, Sean, um, how things would change again if we really stepped into it and we were attuned to our kids and uh, we doted on them and raised them in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. What a gift. You know, Paul said in Ephesians 6, man, hey, um, it extends your days. In other words, might get a little extra life here on this earth by doing that very thing. Yeah. And even if you have hope that helps. And it, no, it does. And even if you have, if you're listening to this and you're doing that with your kids, if you have a little extra that you can share with another kid that has, doesn't have a dad, that doesn't have a mom in her life. I, I have a mentor named Jim that is my dad. He, there's no blood relation, no marriage relation, but just what you're speaking about talking to dads to do for their kids. That's what he did for me. Um, I'm not his blood son. I'm not his blood, you know, relative or any way, but he loves me and cares for me and he speaks truth to me and gives me hugs as and not in a weird way. It's a, he just cares for me as a son. I'm his, I'm his son. There's no legal, you know, bind there, but I'm his son and, and he's my dad. What and a, that's what I, we tell what people. A, what a gift, Sean. You know, I'll, I'll kind of maybe push this um, in, in, in a direction. Um, I remember attending an event in Washington, D.C., and Ralph Reed's event, and uh, Dr. James Dobson was there, and he was um, being awarded, uh, I think it was a Winston Churchill Award. Anyway, um, at that time, um, uh, President Trump and Vice President Pence were in office, and uh, Vice President Pence was over there, and he made some remarks um, about Dr. Dobson and had introduced him. And in the midst of it, uh, a lot of accolades and things going on. But Dr. Dobson, I think he was around 80 years old at the time, made his way over to the microphone and, of course, said thank you to everybody. And they kind of, like, stared out into the audience looking past them. And he said these words because um, it was a moment. He said, I wish my dad was here. Hmm. And you could feel it in the room. You could feel that moment. And you could feel those words. You know why? 
because dads really do matter. Yeah. And uh, whether you're in a center field in a little league game and you're scanning the bleachers looking for them, whether you're um, walking across the stage at a college graduation or um, you're in a, you're in a, <laughs> you're in a store and somehow you've got, you know, kind of lost in the store, man, we're looking for him. And again, we consider his influence, his presence, and his gift, the gift of being a dad, one of the most important factors in all of life. Um, it's really something when dad's there. Wow. That's so good. And, and we're going to wrap up now, but I just, I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful for your ministry. I'm thankful for your friendship. I'm thankful for just what God's done through your life. And it's so inspirational. Would you share to, to, to others that are listening to this, where they can find you? More information about your ministry, social media. Uh, where are you at? Sure. The American Association of Christian Counselors. Uh, you can learn more about AACC. Um, at aacc.net aacc.net that's become uh, a leading voice in the area of mental health and and faith christian faith and it's very exciting what god's Mm -hmm. doing and then uh, for me personally you can just go up on my website at timclinton.com timclinton.com okay look him up guys he is a uh, great influence, and you're going to be inspired by all the different resources, especially the book talking about fathering. Uh, check it out today. Thank you so much, Dr. Clinton, for being on with us. We really appreciate it. Hey, Sean, what a delight. And go Steelers. Go Steelers. Hey, thanks for checking out this episode of Let's Talk About Fodlessness. We want to now challenge you to take the next step by either starting a single mom community group in your church or with your ministry, or by joining our network of God is My Dad churches and ministries. Isn't it a great experience to be able to start a single mom community group? Yeah, and it's just, if you talk to single moms, a lot of times what they'll tell you is, the one thing they're lacking is that community, just a group that they can go in and they know there's no judgment. You know, everyone may not have the same situation. Everyone doesn't know what they're going through, but they can go in and they know there's no judgment. And and it takes that kind of that restriction and that uh, wall down for them so that they can share and then that they can grow in Christ. And our single mom community groups are a wonderful ministry. If your church can start one, we'd love to have you. We can help you get set up. We have the curriculum and all the resources you need. If you can't start one, we'd love to have you start by by joining our network of churches and ministries, our God is My Dad network of churches and ministries, where you can get your church or your ministry on our map and people can find you and find find your ministry in your church so that they can get plugged into your church or ministry locally. So check that out. You can find all these resources at lifefactors.org. We have books, we have all kinds of content on there at lifefactors.org. Check it out today.